real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. If you haven't already, be sure to grab your free copy of my first two books, Frugalpreneur and Authorpreneur, by going to thesarahstjohn.com forward slash free. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash free. Now on to the show. We have Marson from Mailer Light. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Um, I appreciate um, you inviting me. Uh, hello <laughs> to everyone, your audience. Yeah, I, uh, actually, I use MailerLite. I used to use MailChimp, uh, but I, I found MailerLite to suit my needs better because I'm coming out with a book. So um, I like that it it has some author-specific integrations. Basically, we, we noticed that uh, more and more authors uh, st- have s- started using MailerLite. And, you know, we were thinking how we can help them out. And, of course, the authors, they were uh, suggesting different th- things we could use. And and that that was the reason, just you know, just to help them out. Uh, and at the same time, it it has some time has gone by, so I don't remember exactly how it was. But usually, the way it happens is it goes both ways. So the authors ask MailerLite to do the integration, and then they also ask the other companies needs to integrate with MailerLite. So in this case, we just needed to um, communicate with the companies. And from what I remember, they actually did the integration. We of course helped out from our side so that uh, our authors can see that it's there with the instructions etc so that's that's how it that's how it was done more or less okay all right yeah and i see that you have uh, several integrations um i think that's great cuz uh it, it's definitely uh more unique like you integrate with privy and convertful and just a bunch of sources that i use <laughs> That's yeah. That's wonderful. As long as we have the resources and um, you know the, the specific companies want to integrate, then you know we just try to try to do what our uh, customers want, what our clients want, what they need. Right. The more people that ask for a specific, and then the faster that specific thing gets done. Hmm. Yeah. And can you tell us about some of the features that MailerLite offers? Yeah. Well, the main features are. Um, of course, creating a, a, a newsletter. We have um, we have a very nice drag and drop editor that has been updated to a new version not not that long ago. So that allows you to easily, quickly, and beautifully, and and, and create a beautiful newsletter and and quickly send it out. That's of course the main feature of MailerLite. We have uh, we also have a little uh, more advanced features uh, in terms of that. We we have our forms which allow you to create easy forms on your website, um, use them on your Facebook. Then we have the landing pages, which is also a form in MailerLite, which allows you to create uh, a simple page if you're promoting something. We have the automation features, which go pretty deep. Uh, There's a lot of advanced features there. So that's more or less it. Of course, I could talk and talk about uh, every one of these features for a very long time. And a lot of other companies may have these features. The thing is that if you start using MailerLite and then for some reason go back or you know start using another company, that's when you will notice 
even for me, uh, I make videos for MailerLite tutorials, and I've been I've been using it for such a long time that I, I, I stopped actually appreciating it. And it was only until I started by chance, you know, starting to use, trying out something else that I noticed how much actually work and effort has been put into not only having the features, but making them easy to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you tell me more about the Facebook forms? I didn't realize that you had a way to integrate forms into Facebook. Right. So I was just I was just saying things that came up to my mind. Um, basically, there's two ways of doing it. And uh, please don't uh, quote me on this, because what happens is with things change with Facebook, and then that influences, uh, unfortunately, th- some of the integrations we have. Uh, so there are two things you can do. One is basically have a button. You uh, use a button that will uh, on your Facebook page, for example, and, and call it sign up. And then when you press that button, it will go to a separate uh, online version of your form. That's one thing you can do. And before there, what you if if you had Okay, I'm just going to give you a little history of it. Before, I'm going to tell you what you were able to do, what you're now able to do, uh, and what uh, what the future might bring. So the first thing, what we what used to be easy to do is to create a landing page and then um, create a little button on your... Uh, it wasn't a button, it was a menu item on your Facebook page. So it was on the left side in that column. You know, those columns also change sometimes depending on, on Facebook's mood. Uh, because they change their design sometimes too. But basically, for example, you were able to create an about page on your Facebook. And when someone clicked that about button on Facebook without leaving Facebook, they would see the landing page you created specifically for that, um, for Facebook. And you could say, hey, you know, you can talk about yourself. And then in that landing page that is embedded onto Facebook, you could have um, a place where someone subscribes to your newsletter. Then that, that's how it used to be in the beginning. Then it changed and it used to be um, they only allowed it with 2,000 subscribers. So um, th- that would only work if your Facebook page would have 2,000 subscribers. And that's not something that we limit, but it's something Facebook did. And um, I know there were some changes, but I don't know exactly how it is now. Maybe I'm not sure if they took away that limit or not. So that's something that we'd need to check out. But that's what I was. That's what I was talking about oh, okay. in terms of Facebook. Okay, yeah, and um, I know the first thousand subscribers are free, but uh, say you have someone who's on multiple different lists, uh, would that one person or one email address be counted as one subscriber, or is that per uh, list? Right. So the the beautiful thing with MailerLite is it's pretty fair. The the thing that is not so um, it's it's a bit more complicated than let's say some email service providers, but it's more fair. So with some email service providers, basically, if you upload a list of two thousand subscribers, five thousand or five million, whatever you upload, that's how much you're going to be paying. With MailerLite, what happens is you can upload as much as subscribers you as much subscribers as you want. It doesn't matter. It, we only count the people you actually sent to. The reason it's more complicated is we, we count that subscriber for 30 days. So for example, if you uploaded 1,000 subscribers and you sent to all of these 1,000 subscribers and then you deleted 500 of those subscribers and then you're saying, hey, I, I only have 500 subscribers. Why am I paying for 1,000? Well, uh, well, you're not paying for 1,000 anyways because it's a free account, right? But l- let's say. 
then what happens is um, you have to wait 30 days for those uh, subscribers that you deleted to stop being counted. Um, I know that was not your question, but again, I'm going to go on to that too. This is something uh, some, some people ask for. Uh, they wonder why it's done this way. Well, it's to make it fair. It's, it's a little more complicated for everyone, but it's a lot more fair for everyone. Uh, so we only count the people that you're sending to. Just remember, if you uh, deleted some subscribers that you have already sent to, then you have to wait 30 days for that to get for for them to be taken off the list. Now, if you have uh, in in MailerLite, you basically have one list, and then you can divide the list into groups. So, if you have a subscriber in 50 different groups, for example, you you wouldn't probably have that kind of situation. But if you did, and if you send the same email to 50 of those uh, groups, it's only counted as one. Uh, subscriber and of course that person will not get 50 emails that person will get only one email and you will never have a situation with MailerLite where a subscriber gets duplicate emails unless you specifically want to do that unless you specifically send two emails to that subscriber so I hope that is a bit more clear yeah now. yeah I didn't uh that's a actually a good way to do it um where, because I was actually thinking that the other day, I was like, if you had a thousand subscribers, but like, let's say it was just for a temporary campaign, a one time mail out, I mean, uh, and then you had to delete a bunch of them because it was no longer necessary or something. I mean, I don't know when you would do that, but just as an example, um, you know, then now do you technically have 500 subscribers? Yeah, but so the way um, you do it, actually, that makes sense. And uh, to keep track of them as far as how many you've actually sent to versus how many are actually on your list. And then, of course, a, I guess a rolling 30-day so you so it's really it's really cool because you don't really have to think about having the exact number of subscribers. It's it's like let's say you have a list of subscribers on your desktop, or and then you have another one there. You can have everything in MailerLite and not worry uh, and just like kind of have them organized there and not worry that you'll have to be paying for for just holding them in your account like you do in in some other um, email service providers. Yeah, yeah, because I thought that's how everyone worked. Is that you're basically paying for holding them in your account, like you said, uh, whether you end up sending to them or not. So I think that's great. That That's good for me to know. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. And then can you explain the difference between the different terminology like tagging and groups and segmentation? Because sometimes I get confused on what these different things right. mean. Yeah, and the, and the and the problem I think is that different email service providers uh, s call things in different ways, and sometimes they call the same thing in a different way. And basically, uh, a a lot of people used to ask about tags in MailerLite, and then we were we were we wanted to build it for them, and then we just noticed that basically we've we've had tags for forever. We just didn't call them tags; we call them groups. In, Ma in MailerLite, tags and groups are the same thing. It's just a way to organize your subscribers. Uh, so, so that's how it, that's how it is in MailerLite. And when some people ask us about tags, we say yes, we do have them. They're just called groups. And of course, we can call um, we can call we can change the name from groups to tags. But we've we have so many we have thousands tens of thousands of users who've 
who've known uh, who've been using the name groups and we don't want it to get too complicated for them either so that's why we just kept the name groups so that's one thing so basically in MailerLite, you, you don't have to worry about tags or groups it's the same thing uh, it's just a way when you upload your subscribers or when you're using one of our forms uh, you will need to well you don't have to do this you don't have to put in a group but if you don't do that then you're just going to have um, a name on your list that's going to be less organized. You're not going to know uh, why that name's on your list. You might not remember. So it's always good to to tag your subscribers with a group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and segmentation, and now segmentation, is a, is a pretty powerful feature. I would say it's more of an advanced feature. We, um, we have a very powerful filtration system in MailerLite in terms of your subscribers. So if you go to the subscribers tab, you will you will see the list of all of your subscribers and then of course you can look at the groups but if you stay in that main view you will have um this 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 filtration system and you can set up different conditions for example a person hasn't clicked uh an email for three months or a and the person is from europe and something else and you can combine these conditions and then you can do an or condition so for example, uh, either the person is from Europe and has opened this email or is from Europe and has opened that email, either or. Um, and with the, with this filtration system, what you can do is later, you, you will see the, the subscribers being, being instantly filtered below that little filtration system. And then what you can do is export those subscribers, for example, to a group. But there is another thing that you can do, and that is create a segmentation based on those filters. And the difference is, it, the difference is that if you if you put people in a group, they will stay in that group, and uh, and that's it, unless unless you build some kind of automation that takes them out from one group and puts them into another. Uh, but if you don't do if you don't create any other uh, additional automations or anything, then you'll just have the people in a group. Now, a segment or segmentation is basically a dynamic group. So it, it's, it's a group that is based on specific conditions that you preset in that filtration system in that, seg- in that subscriber tab I just talked about. So what happens is if a person hasn't opened, let's say I set up, uh, a person hasn't opened my email for in, in three months. So if a person opens that, uh, uh, it, will fil- sorry, it will filter all the people who haven't opened an email in three months and put them in that segment. Now, if one of those people in that segment opens the email, within three months or opens it right now, that will, that will mean that he has opened an email within three months, then that person will be automatically taken out of that segment. And if another person that has been opening uh, emails uh, every month for some reason stops opening them and uh, then three months go by, then he'll be auto- automatically put into that segment. And the way you use this later is when you're creating an email uh, or a newsletter, it's, it's the same thing, then you can choose either a group or if you have segments, you will see you will see your segments that you can choose and, and send to those specific people. So that's the difference between uh, a group and a segment. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes more sense now. <laughs> All right. And then um, is it, tell us a little bit about like A-B split testing. We have the different types of campaigns we can send. There is the regular campaign. Uh, and one of these types of campaigns that can go out is an A-B uh, test campaign. And what you basically do is um, in, in A-B testing, the best way to do it is to only change 
one thing or to change as little as possible because then you can actually have a, a real test. So if you're sending a total, um, for example, if you're, if you want to test the headline, you should only be testing the headline. If you want to test the, the content of your email, then you should only be doing that and, and leaving the headline the same. And then it's more, um, then the test is more reliable. And then you can actually say, okay, this, this headline was, um, the reason that you had less opens or more opens, or you can say, okay, this content was the reason that people clicked through. Um, so an A-B test uh, campaign in MailerLite allows you to do that. So you're, you're able to choose whether you want to test the headlines or the email content itself or the sender. You can also test that, uh, how, how, the, how the receiver, how your subscribers will see the sender. And based, sometimes, you know, emails get more or less opens depending on the name of the sender. So you can test what works better for that. And basically, you send one campaign and you choose how many um basically what happens is for example if you have a group of thousand uh, a thousand people and you want to send out an a b test campaign with the same email but with two different headlines that email is like two emails in our, in our system it will be treated as two separate emails one with the same content with headline a will go to a small portion of that thousand of people and the, the second email, B, with the same content, with a different headline, with headline B, will go to another small portion of, uh, of that thousand. And then, depending on how you set it up, the, 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 the campaign that, had, that received the most opens will, will be the winning campaign, and then it will go to the rest of your group. Will go out. That winning campaign will automatically go out to the rest of your group. And you can set that up. So you can test... Um, the amount of people that, um, I, I mean, you can set up, for example, if you have a thousand people, you can say, okay, it will go to 50 people, email A, and then 50, uh, to, to 50 people, email B. Then you have uh, 950 people left and the winning campaign from, from those 50 people, the, the one that wins will go to those 950 emails, uh, sorry, uh, subscribers. Of course, I, I would recommend not doing it with 50, the, the more, the better. So, the bigger list you have, the better, and um, b because the 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 smaller amount of people you're sending it to, the 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 less reliable the test is. But that's basically how it works. It allows you to test two things in your emails, and then automatically send the winning email to the rest of your uh, list. Oh wow! Okay, I didn't realize it was kind of automated like that to pick the winner and then go ahead and send that one out to the rest and all that. I thought it was more of a yeah, manual process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I actually forgot about that. And when I was saying about that, I'm like, oh yes, this is wonderful. <laughs> because at this point, uh, MailerLite is simple, but it we have so many features that even if you use MailerLite for for years, you might not remember about some of mm -hmm. the things. So I was talking about it, and I'm like, uh, and at the same time, kind of getting excited about it because I forgot that it's that cool, <laughs> you know, that it does it automatically. <laughs> and then what about the auto resend feature? How does that work? Yeah, so so the auto recent feature is also a pretty neat thing. Um, in this case, you have to create a specific campaign. You can't. Uh, this will not work after you send out the campaign. Basically, what it does is it's like a mini automation. And um, and when I say mini automation, I mean we have a whole automation feature that is um, 
that is a power feature and uh, that is a power it's, it's a powerful tool that has many things inside it um, but in in the case of audio resend it's a very simple way of just sending a second email to anyone who hasn't opened or clicked your email uh, within a specific time so for example if, if you know that uh, in 10 days you're having an, some kind of event and you're sending um, a reminder email you can create that email as a auto resend campaign and what will happen is the the email will go out and if the if the person uh, if this if your subscriber doesn't open that email or click something in the email depending on what you set up then in a specific time for example in three more days they will get uh, another email and this other email you can choose you can choose to uh, have a totally different email or just with a different headline or one of the one of my favorite out of these three is to have a personal note, and this basically works as a as an automatic. For, it looks like it's it looks like you forwarded your own email. So, for example, I send um, if I sent an email to you, Sarah, and then I, I I'm wondering if you opened it because you didn't get back to me, and uh, I see that you didn't open this email. Then I might forward that same email that I sent you to you again, and with a little kind of personal note saying, "Hey, I was just just wondering if you if you saw this email. Uh, j just wondering if you." Um, you know, if 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 you didn't miss this email, we have a wonderful event happening. Uh, the email is underneath this message, so it's just like a like a little personal note. It looks like a forwarded message, basically. Oh, okay. So that's that's how the recent works. Out of recent works, and of course, just so you know, I'm I'm really happy uh, to answer all your questions. And each each one of these things that I'm talking about. If you go to our YouTube channel, or if you go to the resources tab and the videos on our webpage, you can go. You can go deeper into that. Oh, okay, yeah, that sounds like a helpful tool. Um, another one that I was curious to learn more about were the click maps because I've never even heard of that in terms of email marketing. I've only heard of that as far as like website. So in the case of MailerLite, it's not uh, it's not it's not like a heat map, okay. right? Where you where you see the heat, it, it's just like a clip map, and this is more for people who are more uh, who are more visual, and they just want to have a look at their email uh, and see which link was clicked the most. So basically, what happens is. If you if you're sending your email out and you get um, and you you know you wait a, a while so that people can actually open your email, <laughs> and if you go later into the reports of your email and click the the email tab that will show your email that has been sent out, you will you will see a click map, and basically what what you will see is you'll see your email and by every one of one of your links you'll see a little box with a little percentage number. And you, just by looking at that, you will be able to tell. And it's not only a number; also, um, there's a little visual cue. The, the the higher the number, the the more colorful, the more green that little container will be. And basically, at a glance, you're able to see the high number, what was clicked the most on your uh, in your email, and you'll see the visual cue, which is the green that will uh, allow you to quickly spot the um, the most popular link in your email. Usually usually it's a bunt button, right? Depending how but that's interesting to know because sometimes you know you think uh, you create a masterpiece email and you have too many links and the most important one turns out to not to to not be clicked that much and then you know you can you can think about it and think hey, you know, I put too many links in this email or you can start um 
thinking about why why that um, most important button wasn't. Yeah, for me personally, it's just like a nice addition. For me personally, uh, I don't look at that much at that click map. It's it's just a nice addition if if you need it, mm-hmm. it's there. And I know that there are a lot of tools that you can basically embed into your website, like pop-ups and landing pages and embedded forms and whatnot. Can you talk a little bit more about those? So if you have a developer helping you out with your website, usually he can uh, just take the code from the pop-up you created within MailerLite and uh, help you out with that. Usually, uh, if you're using different website builders, uh, online builders, like um, like Squarespace or something, they will have a place to put in some third-party code, and then that you can use that code on your website. In this case, you would be using MailerLite uh, code for that. Uh, so every time you create a form, a pop-up, or em- an embedded form, uh, automatically you will have um, some code created with every pop-up. And that is the code that you will use on your website. Now, if you have, if you're using WordPress, then we also have um, a plugin for that that will automatically sync everything nice, nicely for you. So it's just a little, little bit, little less uh, of a hassle. And once that is set up, it's it's really neat because you you will not have to paste that code in again. If it's done, if it's if you did it right the first time, you're not going to have to um, add more code. Even if you uh, use more pop-ups in the in the future different other pop-ups, create more pop-ups, that one code will do. Then what you could do is um, we have four different types of forms. There, we, we just came out with a promotion form, and that is basically like eight eight new types of forms because it has eight different types of templates. Um, you can check that out. Um, I'm not going to go, because I could talk and talk about it, but I'm just going to go really um, just over the, the, the basics. Um, then we have a pop-up form. Then we have an embedded form, and then the landing page. We also call it a form. The differences between uh, all those is is that the the pop up, as the name suggests, just pops out. And the the things you can do here is uh, you can set up when the pop up shows. So, for example, if you have when and where. So, if you have a, a page about cats, for example, right, and an article about a cat, just one page that's about cats, and you have like a pet store. Um, someone is reading that article about a cat and then halfway through a pop-up shows up saying, Hey, I see you you love cats. Would you like to sign up for more about cats? And then when a person signs up to that form, he can be added to a group uh, of cat lovers. If you, if that's how you call the group within mail or light. And this is really cool because that pop-up will only show on that specific page. In this case, if you, if you set it up like that, of course it can be shown on every page. And, and and there are also different uh, types of the pop up. You can have um, just like a, a like a hello bar on top, or just on bottom. So some people don't like using pop ups because it interrupts the readers. Instead of having a pop up that's right on the middle of the page, or in the right corner, left corner, you can have just a little bar on the bottom or on the top. Uh, so I, I I love that feature. That's something we introduced a couple of months ago. And uh, the the embedded form is different because you it's something you actually embed onto your website. It's not a pop up. It's a form. But it, for example, you can have it inside your article or at the end of your article. That's that's what the embedded form is used. A landing page, just as the name suggests, you basically it's a, it's a whole page with with a little form somewhere mm-hmm. on the page, and the promotion. And the promotion pop-ups, um, they're used for for 
I would say more for maybe more for e-commerce or when you're promoting a specific event and it's a pop-up that you could use which doesn't have to have a subscribe form on it so that's that's a quick okay, overview yeah yeah i i've been wanting to implement some of try them out on my website to see how the like uh, the embedded form maybe in a blog and then uh the pop-up or actually more of the header bar uh, yeah yeah it's good to have i think um especially a good thing to do is i think is to set up like um an automation with two or three emails so when someone signs up to your form they would get like an, an email for uh, an email a week for at least three weeks so someone can remember you uh, a lot of people like like me for example when they're interested in a website or interested in a specific topic i would go um look look through the web and find um find people who have the knowledge of a specific topic I'm looking for. And then sometimes the first thing I do is I, I sign up for a newsletter because that's how I organize most of my things through newsletters. Then I remember it. I don't really use bookmarks, but I uh, like signing up uh, into newsletters. And then when I sign up uh, to five, six newsletters, sometimes I don't remember who I signed up to. If they don't send me anything for a longer time, then I just forget about them. And then later in a, t in a month or two, if they send something to me, then I, I sometimes I just think it's spam because I don't remember the person mm -hmm. at all. So I think a good uh, rule of thumb is to to create a, a little automation that at least says, you know, hello, thanks for signing up. And then in a week, uh, sends another email just just saying hi and, and giving a, some some type of additional information depending on uh, your business. Okay. And, and you can even uh, assign a domain to the landing pages. Yeah, yeah, I, I I love that feature. And um, basically, what happens is, you, for example, if your domain is I love dogs, right? I love dogs dot com. And uh, if you have if you if you have if you have a blog on that domain or a website on that domain, you're not going to be able to use that specific domain I love dogs dot com. So you can create a spe special domain, a separate domain for your landing pages if you want. But you can also do something like um, if you have the domain ilovedogs.com, then you can create a subdomain called um, pages.ilovedogs.com and then connect that domain with MailerLite. And what happens is then every uh, every landing page you create will be created under that domain. So we have pages.ilovedogs.com slash about or slash uh, event promotion or slash uh, whatever you wh whatever you can imagine and that's then it's kind of your domain the um, it's more personalized in that way that people will see that uh, it's it's your website okay so so that's how that customer. okay so more like subdomains then of an existing domain yeah I mean you can use a you can use an existing domain but what will happen is if you're if you're using WordPress or any other system, and you you already have that domain connected with that site, then you know things might get might get mm -hmm. messy, because if you have if you have a WordPress site and you have isleofdogs. Uh, dot com slash and you have an about me page, right? So you will have slash uh, about me. And then if you create uh, if you connect that domain with your MailerLite account, and then you do the same thing, then you know things might. Either one one of these things are, is not going to be able to be under that mm -hmm. same address, so that's why so that's why it's better to use um, 
uh, a subdomain. So you'll need, if you have a domain, ilovedogs.com, just create a subdomain like pages.ilovedogs.com. And your subdomain basically you, works identically to your domain. It's, it's, just, it's just different. It's just a different, uh, you, you need something before your domain name. So for example, uh, pages or landing pages or um, whatever, you, you need at least one mm -hmm. letter before that domain. Okay. Uh-huh. And there's just a couple more things I wanted to touch on. Um, the unsubscribe page builder, what exactly is that and how does that work? So when someone clicks unsubscribe in your email address, it will, um, by default, go to that unsubscribe page. And it's a, it's a basic, it's a simple uh, unsubscribe page, which allows the person just to uh, confirm that, that he or she is unsubscribing. Now, what you could do is make it a little more connected with your brand. So you can change the colors of that unsubscribe page, add a little touch that will be more uh, personalized instead of just a default unsubscribe page. So the the unsubscribe page editor just allows you to, to make your unsubscribe page more beautiful. Um, and you can add, you know, you can be funny, you can add uh, some text there. And another option is also that you can, um, you can, give the person the option to instead of unsubscribing to all your groups uh instead of doing that they they could just choose uh what group they're unsubscribing from and what group they're staying with uh etc oh okay yeah that's kind of cool i cuz most unsubscribe pages you just click unsubscribe and then it just says you're unsubscribed basically but the sound Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But here you can say, you know, for example, um, you know, it was glad have it was it was nice having you here. I, I hope we I hope I see you again or something like that. You know, you can just be a little more uh, playful and uh, uh -huh. human. Surveys. How does that work? Is that just uh where they can select like how would you rate our service one to five or something like that? Yeah, the, the new surveys are really, really cool, and I really love them. Basically, what you could do, there's a survey block in the, the new drag-and-drop editor. And if you use that survey block, that survey block itself is, is a powerhouse. Uh, you're able to create not only different types of uh, surveys. So um, we used to have a template where someone can rate from 1 to, to 6 or 1 to 10 or, or whatever. But now, basically, you're, you're getting an email. Um, your subscribers are getting an email, for example, saying, hey, how do you like our emails? And you have a thumbs up and thumbs down. And if the person clicks, for example, a thumbs up, that, then that will get, of course, recorded. That means that person likes the emails. But if you created more parts of that survey, then what will happen is that person will get the, that will redirect him or her to a survey page and they will see the next question. So you can build, basically it allows you to build out surveys. It's not only just like uh, yes or no, or, or choose one or one to five stars. Basically you can have, um, you know, six questions, seven questions. And not only that, which for me is already very cool because it's, it's like a, if you see the page, the way it's implemented is really nice because you start the survey in your email, then it redirects it to an online version of the survey. And when someone clicks that specific yes or no, really quickly they see the second part of the survey and, and they can move forward really quickly. Everything gets recorded in your MailerLite account so you know what people um, answered. But, the, but another powerful part of the survey is you, you also have rules. 
So you could say, for example, if a person said they like your emails, then do nothing. Just go to the last part of the survey, which says thank you. Or if they said um, they didn't like the email, then the next part of the survey says, well, could you let could you let us, let us know a little more, right? So it's it's really powerful rules you have, or you can put it put a person in a specific group. So if he answers a specific thing, you can also get that person to automatically be added to a specific group. For example, you know, um, likes our email group or something like that. So it's a really powerful feature. I encourage you to look at the video for that. I've I've created it uh, a couple mm -hmm. of weeks ago. It, the, the videos are really quick mm -hmm. and to the point, so I don't go on. I don't even say my name. I just go straight to the point. This is this is how you want. If you uh, want to use the surveys, go here, here, here. Do this, this, and that. Okay, yeah, I'll have to check that out, and uh, I think that would be helpful to use a survey within the email to. Just see where people stand. Right, right. And especially because, um, well, we did it because people were asking for it. And usually what you would have to do is find a um, dedicated sur uh, survey uh, mm -hmm. software, then find an integ integration with us, uh, see if it's integrated or not, and then, you know, set it up. Here, it's really simple to use. Um, you got most of the most important uh, features within the survey uh, block. So... If you need it, it's there and it's all in and one. Now, is it possible to embed that like you can with the pop-up forms and whatnot, or is it only through email? I'm not sure if you're, you'd be able to use an iframe to do that. Um, I would have to ask um, the developers. In, I'm not sure if okay. you can do that currently. I, for, for sure, there's an online, online version of the survey. That's for sure. But then can you take that online survey and put it into an iframe and then on your website? Maybe, but the cool thing is that you might not need that um, if you use the new promotional pop-ups. One of the uh, templates we have for those is actually a survey. Oh, okay. So it, you you can have it. You know, if you're you can have it pop up instead of on a dedicated survey page. You can you can have it pop up on your article. So someone is reading your article, and then you can say, "Hey, how did you like the article?" Right? Or do you mind taking this short survey? Um, or you can have a little, um, you know, a, a specific survey page even created on your website and then have that uh, pop up, pop up on that website every time someone uh, opens it. So that might work. That might be a workaround if it's not possible to uh, okay. embed it. And then as far as e-commerce campaigns, uh, does that work to where uh, you integrate with, you know, Shopify or whoever and... Do they send, would MailerLite then send like abandoned cart emails or that kind of thing? Or how does the e-commerce work? Currently, we don't have uh, that the abandoned cart feature, but a lot of people are asking for it. And um, personally, for me, it's not a matter of um, whether it will be, whether we will have it. It's just a matter of time. Um, but we have a lot of features. For example, the integration we have with WooCommerce and Shopify works in a really cool way when you connect the APIs which are uh, which are a little code each account has and you go through the installation process which which we also have a separate video for that um, then what happens is when you're creating your email you can do a lot of things one of the things you can do is when you're creating an email you have a specific uh, Shopify block WooCommerce block and what happens is you can you can put in your products straight from your Shopify store 
So you'll see a list of all your Shopify products and you can put it straight in your store. Of course, it's straight in your email through MailerLite. So all the images, all the descriptions, the prices and everything. Now, if you don't use Shopify and um, or WooCommerce, you can also just basically, we have a, we have a um, product block. You can add your image. You can add a little um, link in a button. So when someone clicks that button, they will be redirected to your shop where they can continue um, buying. With the with the integrations, it's it's um, with the WooCommerce and Shopify integrations. It's a little more cooler because we we also there's a way of tracking the sales, so you can see how uh, the email actually converted. It's it's more let's say reliable. It's not that you can't do it with the other things, but here everything is integrated, connected with with Shopify, with WooCommerce. So you'll you'll get more with that, and then you can also do more with automations. Um, because once you integrate with WooCommerce and Shopify, you have a separate um, e-commerce tab in your automations, where where you can where you can do a little more, where you have a little more types. Uh, there are more triggers for those specific e-commerce uh, integrations. But those are those are more advanced stuff. Uh, if someone's just starting out with email marketing, they really don't need to think about that at mm-hmm. this point, unless right. they want to, of course. <laughs> Well, I think I've touched on everything that I wanted to. Uh, is there anything else that you um, would like to say? Well, again, I'm I'm really happy to uh, to be here with you. Uh, I hope you're. Uh, I hope everyone's enjoying this. I'm very much enjoying this. Um, I would just like to add again that uh, I know it's daunting sometimes when someone is starting out with new software. And I, I love software. I, I check out different apps all the time. I usually never visit the help page because it's just boring. And it, it usually takes me a lot of time to get an answer. And I don't like that. I only go there when I really need to, to do it. But in the, in the case of uh, MailerLite and in the case of what we've done with, uh, with, um, with the help page, I really, really encourage you to try it out. And, um, the the videos I do, like I said, they're really fast, straight to the point, and you can you can save a lot of time by uh, by using a little time. Even though there are a lot of videos there, if you go through the overview, uh, the overview video, it will give you a, a, a nice grounding. And whenever you need to, uh, whenever you're thinking of a specific feature, I encourage you to to look at that video of that feature because because like I said, it's quick. It finishes fast. It starts fast. It finishes fast. It gives you all the main things, and also on in the resource tab on our web page. If you use the the knowledge base, it's also it also works really quickly. You type in a word, and uh, you know, Shazam! You have all these um, all these articles with the word highlighted. There's also an email marketing guide that I would suggest if you're just starting out, especially, or if you need a refresher, I would suggest you look at that. So just wanted to add that uh, I believe we are different also in, in, in when you look at the support pages and when you look at the, the videos we put out. I, don't, I believe they're not boring and they will help you out. That's a, just, just wanted to suggest that for you. So really, yeah, really thank you to, again. <laughs> I'll have to check those out <laughs> myself, actually. <laughs> I appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate all the information. I think um, my audience will good use out of this. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs>
If you enjoyed and found value from this episode, I'd greatly appreciate it if you rate, review, subscribe, and share at ratethispodcast.com forward slash frugalpreneur. Until next time. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack, connect with fellow listeners, share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.